When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. My name is Fenno Mealy, and I am joined by the one, the only... Chase! Big Sue. Wagwan! I'm very gassed right now because, you know... This is Spoke. Obviously, it's a Mikey book special, yeah? Hashtag Mikey, yeah? Chelsea and Ori are going to come through. The authors of the book, taking up space. They are just put out their brand spanking new book with Mikey books. And yeah, it's talking about a lot of issues that they have to face going to Cambridge and, you know, being successful black women. Let's go. In, in, in England. Powerhouses. Okay, so we're in the house of Penguin. The Penguin house. we got Chelsea. we got Ori. Yes. <laughs> and um, we're going to be talking a little bit about taking out space. So welcome. Hi. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. We're saying it's a hashtag murky book special. Yes. yes. Yeah. Taking up space out now. Yes. Yeah. How does yeah. it feel to be authors? That must be... Unreal. Yeah. Still. It's very, like, very still. surreal. The other yeah. day, I think um, I've been invited to like talk at this thing. And I wanted to do like a panel for like former like ACS presidents. They're like, no, 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 no. We're going to put you on the careers panel with this CEO and this. And I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on. I Me, mean, I just like, what? Like, yeah, you don't know you're a published author. I'm like, look, stop saying it. Because it doesn't feel real. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel real. Um, yeah. It's still a bit crazy. It Literally today, Chelsea's like, I can't be wrote a whole book. She says it every couple of days, but she said it again today. <laughs> because it just doesn't feel real. And we were talking about it earlier, like when um, I went to the Penguin New Writers Camp mm. and Stormzy was like, you do know it's about to get mad. And I think from then, that's when we both yeah, kind of did. deeped it like, wow. <laughs> and it has just been like, ever since it's just been crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. But we're so, we're so happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Talk to us about the book. Like, how did it come about? Yeah. Why were you like, we got to write this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's give them a backdrop for the people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So... Chelsea and I have been best friends since like the beginning of uni mm. um, and at the end of uni we went on holiday together but okay let me rewind during <laughs> uni we were also like I was on the ACS committee for two years so I was events officer then in my final year I was president mm. um, and Chelsea was vice president so like we worked on ACS together did like the black men of Cambridge University mm. photos yeah. like I took those that was our year Jeez. we did like Jeez. mentoring schemes access conferences all this stuff so like we'd been doing our bit like four black students yeah. while we were at uni the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, then we were on holiday just from like before we got our results. Um, we just got our results and then like we were talking to Chelsea's sister and she was like, you know what would be jokes? Like if you guys wrote a book, like mm. a little pocket book, like a mm. guide to university or something for girls and we were like, oh yeah, like cool. Huh? 
And then we just kind of thought like, okay, even if we did, like, what would we talk about? It was like, okay, obviously Chelsea would talk about relationships because she's in a relationship. And then I could talk about like activism and all this stuff. And we just kind of brainstormed. And then Murky Books later reached out to us because they had been working with Cambridge and some other things. They clearly heard about what we've been up to. And then they reached out to us and were like, look, yeah. if you want 60,000 words by January, like, how can you do that? And we were like, okay. Um, when was this? That was this July, was August. Yeah. So like summer July, times. Yeah, yeah, end of July, end of July. So it was quick. It was like, I think that's probably why now we're still a bit like, whoa. What's yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's all been happened quick. very, very fast. Mm. But yeah, that was it's it. It's been good. So that's it. You lot just said, cool, we're going to do this. Yeah, we just Murky thought, books I mean, hit you lot up. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because obviously you were saying like they already had a connection with Cambridge. So mm. I think you're, are you talking about when Storms... Um, he had a scholarship. Is it a scholarship? Yeah, yeah. he's got a scholarship. a scholarship. Did that have anything to do with you guys, though? Because the way that I was seeing it was like, you guys was doing your bit at, at, yeah. at Cambridge. Yeah. And then he maybe Storms his. might have yeah. latched onto that and then thought, well, there's something going on here. Mm. And then he did his thing and then you guys came together. Like, you guys come together with Storms. He obviously is like the biggest male artist. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he represents something yeah. that's similar to you guys. You get me? Like a power and a voice. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm. like you lot are the same. You and Storms, I, I see lot the same. Do you know wow. what I mean? Wow. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but don't get it. Obviously, Storms is, is doing these mad things, yeah, but I feel yeah. like it's about things doing things that are groundbreaking. Yeah. Do you know but what I'm saying? Authentic. I think that that's yeah. the thing. It's yeah. about authenticity. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think for us, it was really important because these are conversations that are already happening yeah. at university and like on campus. Yeah. But to be able to, yeah, like you said, just kind of pair it up with somebody outside of that environment, but who cares just as much yeah. about those issues... It's just been amazing. And like now the support that we've received is just yeah. unreal. Like it's it's so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, yeah, just want to find out more. Because uh-huh. obviously like, okay, so I pick up this book and it's the Black Girls Manifesto for Change. Yeah. So what about a guy that picks up this book and wants to read it? Okay, no, guys need to read it too. I think we're trying as much as possible mm. to remind everyone that like, it's the Black Girls Manifesto for Change because it's about our experiences mm-hmm. as Black mm. women um, and everyone else that we interviewed for the book. But everyone needs to read it to get insight into our experiences. 100%. So guys need to read. I mean, my brother's reading it at the moment. Um, and a lot of guys who have read it are like, wow, I actually didn't realize it was this deep for you guys. Mm. And I think that insight is important because you're, you've got girls in your life that you need to be better for and you need mm. to be able to stick up for. But you can't read it unless you fully know what they're going through. And I think this book is an insight into some of those things. Yeah. Um, and also just showing that a lot of the issues and stuff that we go through at university are more than just uni. Like, there are things that, that the stuff we talk about, like self-love and stuff, are things that we've been battling with before we went to school and we will still deal with after uni. Yeah. Um, things about relationships, things about academia and how we see ourselves, like, portrayed in academia um, and, like, getting into institutions and imposter syndrome. These are all things that happen outside of uni as well. Yeah. Just, like, uni is, like, a bubble where all these stuff are, like, really concentrated. Mm. Um, so, yeah, everyone, especially not black girls, actually need to read the book to see, just so that everyone can deep, like oh my goodness, we actually need to do better at supporting black women. Yeah. Mm. But also for there to be change as well. Like, we yeah. can't do it on our own. Mm. We have to, yeah, mm. everybody just needs to get on board, basically. And I think that was really important for us as well. Um, but it was quite good, like, having our editor on board. Because, again, like I was saying, these are conversations that we were having all the time. Yeah. But to just kind of have him to be like, actually, do you know what? You need to explain that more. Yeah. Just so yeah. people can kind of understand yeah. it. And Yeah. You know. That is something that I even found, like, reading reading parts of the book it was mm. just like there are words in here or just 
dialect in here that you use and it's like actually does everybody who reads this understand that mm. exactly and that's yeah. what's really interesting yeah you have to be uh, really careful just in terms of yeah you want it to be like an inclusive yeah. kind yeah. of conversation that yeah, cool. nobody feels almost like scared to contribute like mm. everybody has an opinion yeah. like there's a conversation there's a debate to be had so let's hope the book at least contributes to that oh 1000% yeah. yeah. but I, I feel like it's not in a negative way does everybody understand it mm. more so in a positive way that they will hopefully go away find out what exactly. that means yeah. and then go from exactly. there yeah, exactly yeah. Mm. I think it's the inspiration as well because like I think one thing we need to break down for the people listening is like what you lot had to go through to make this book it's mm. obviously got, yeah. it was just a uni experience you know yeah. what I'm saying you guys had to go to uni now to certain people that's just a normal thing you know what I'm saying mm. but for you lot it was so different like so like obviously Going to Cambridge. Yeah. Yes. Where I'm from, that's not a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think... What, but it, what courses did you guys take just for the people Yeah, listening? I did politics. And I did history. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's due to be hella white people, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. in your class, in your class, how many, how many black people were there? Mine was better than most. Um, I had... The way our course works, we had, like, different subjects under the same subjects that makes sense but for most of them i'd say maybe about a solid five six percent five to ten percent let's put it that way of people in that class were not white okay, okay. um so in my class for politics and stuff i think it was actually we're like it's better than most subjects yeah yeah history is where i think history, Chelsea is. um so there was about 200 people who did history in my year uh. i was the only black girl yeah and I think there was like a couple, like maybe one other, two other black boys. But yeah, everyone else was pretty much white, if not white, um, I don't know, Asian. But yeah, in terms of like black, yeah. I was the only one. Yeah, Mad. And it's like, I feel like when you say it, people still don't really understand. Oh. Mm. And it's only until you get into that environment yeah. and you kind of see what that looks like mm. and also what that feels like. Um, and yeah, and that's when you realise like, wow, this is actually bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Very, very it's definitely bad. amplified. I feel like people yeah. might go through that situation in their life when they like work in a certain company or mm. they go to a new environment yeah. Yeah. or they, they might go to certain, maybe just certain different unis, you know mm. what I mean? But that's like definitely amplified to a different level. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There's just certain themes that come to my head straight away. I mean, like, I haven't read through the book fully, but... Mm. I know there were certain points that I was seeing. I was like, "Raw, like when you pull it, like that." Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, anyone can get it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean. But I feel like what what's it you guys are talking about? Like, it needs to be like inclusive to everyone. It's yeah. not just yeah. exclusive to girls. It's like, it's like I make music myself, yeah, mm. and I just I just put a project that's like for young guys because I'm trying to motivate them to get off the roads and stuff mm -hmm. yeah. but it doesn't mean I, I don't want yeah. women to listen oh, to yeah. that yeah. I, it's the yeah. same thing like me me picking up the book like I, I was thinking I, I was telling them when I got the book I was like I'm going to be on the train like holding this yeah. book yeah. <laughs> people are going to be reading it yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of little eyes yeah. like just staring at me and and that's like, the thing mm. but yeah. it's sick though because that's like that's like breaking down like breaking down the barrier like exactly. even, even the disconnection yeah. between like black guys and black women, like, there's still, like, that argument that goes on right now, like, mm. in the UK, like, a lot of black guys, they don't, they don't have the same amount of respect for black women as, yeah, as they yeah. think they do. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, and they yeah think we, that's we, important. I think sometimes we think we know what's going on because, oh, man's black, like, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. definitely know yeah. what's going through. But sometimes that's, mm. like, the cover yeah. to not yeah. even trying to 
open up the... 100%, yeah. Because you don't want to feel that. Because yeah. if you start feeling that, you might have to do something about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And I think, because we, we do say, like, the, like, taking up space isn't about us, like, just calling people out. But there's some people that need to be called out at some oh. point. And we do spend mm. a lot of time talking about how black men need to do better because I think sometimes we put a lot of effort into making sure black men are supported and it can feel yeah. like that. Like, we did the Black Men of Cambridge thing. Like, we do a lot of things to try and just show that we are there for black men. And it's a lot mm. of, oftentimes, we don't feel like that support is, like, reciprocated. Yeah. So it's like, when us two, like, we're struggling with things, like, whether it's even, like, just even things you know, that seem like, like, dating yeah. and all this kind of stuff, it's like, you guys aren't there for us. You're not out mm. here, like, really kind of standing mm. and helping us use our voices but we, whenever we have the chance, will yeah. always be there trying to make yeah. sure that we're showing that, like, it's even harder for black men to mm. get into Cambridge than it is for black women and all these mm. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like, where are they? So sometimes, like, black men think that they they know what's up, yeah. mm. but then they, yeah, yeah, they need to read the book to understand as well how they we still think that they're letting us down in certain yeah. ways. But also how they can do better as well. Yeah. Like Ora said, it's not about calling anyone out, just, yeah. Education. Education yeah. and, you yeah. know, having a conversation about it. Um, I want to go back to A-levels mm. and when it was that you decided that this was a possibility, this was achievable, if you did ever decide that it was achievable and what those barriers, because I know in the book you do talk about teachers saying, oh, what about this option? Yeah. And I've had that. <laughs> it's hard because you're like, well, why am I not suitable for this? Uh. So tell me about A-levels and how... And yeah, how that grew into. <laughs> I'll go. Um, so yeah, the first chapter in taking up space is about like access and getting into university. So I come from like a very working class background. Um, like my parents came from Ghana in the 1970s, um, and I went to a state school, same yeah. school as David Beckham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout okay. out, shout out. Yeah, I read that as well. Yeah. So. Um, has he yeah, read the very, book? Like, very, but has he read the book? Has he read the book? He needs to send he needs it. To read, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to send it to Michelle Obama. But that's, that's, yes. that's Do you know what we tried? We tried. We'll come back. We'll okay, come back yeah, to yeah. it. Wow. Um, and yeah, I think for my school, like going to Oxbridge, I don't know. I wouldn't say so. We had got two people in the year before me, so it wasn't too kind of random or alien like they had done it before basically yeah. um, but I was the only one to get in in, in my year yeah. but everything before that it was a big struggle because I for me I was just like oh, why why yeah. do I want to go to this place mm. I don't know anyone who has been there before like I couldn't even do like my sister knew someone yeah. <laughs> like I didn't yeah. know anyone yeah. like, it, I was completely so space. completely new like what, what was A levels so did you have to new. get what, 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 what grades did you have to get you A, got, like, star, A star A, A. A. yeah I got two A stars okay. one A okay. you had to get yeah A star A A um, that is so but, like, hard even, mm. even stuff like that and I think yeah just in the end I was quite lucky in the sense that I, I did get support from my teachers Yeah, but we spoke because obviously throughout taking up space, we interview you know yeah. lots of different um, black women and non-binary people. Mm -hmm. And when you hear about their experiences and their stories, if anything, my case was very rare yeah. in the sense that they didn't get any support yeah. from their teachers, mm -hmm. and it was the complete opposite in which teachers would, teachers would actually tell them, "Oh, are you are sure?" You sure? Yeah. Or like, you know, that's really before hard. They've even, before yeah. they've even said anything, show them their application, ask them yeah. their grades, like the first thing was to remind them, actually, that's really hard. You probably yeah. can't do it. Uh -huh. yeah. Which is such a shame because yeah. if somebody had said that to me, I wouldn't have gone. Easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I literally 
had to have my whole family like drag me by my ears because I didn't, I didn't want to yeah. do it. Like I was like, I'm just going to stay in London. Yeah. What, what am I doing in Cambridge? I really didn't want to go. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, I just ended up there. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and Not it's just, fun. yeah, it's mad. Yeah, um, I, yeah, did some A-levels as well. I think my I, dad... I just did some, some you know, just, my dad... Just kind of went my, and did them. No, 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 I, I mm-hmm. yeah, I, I did, I wasn't looking at Cambridge my dad was looking at Cambridge for me. Let's put okay. it that way. Um, but I really wanted to go to LSE. So my mind was on LSE. I was going to like all these open mm. lectures at LSE. That was my thing. I was like, I'm going to go um, there. But then I went to a summer school. So just before, like you're meant to apply, just before uh, year 13, I went to a two-week summer school in Cambridge. And I was like, oh, this place is actually kind of cute. Like, mm. look at all them, their little bikes and their little streets <laughs> and stuff. Like, this is kind of cute. Um, but more importantly, on that summer school, I met an academic. He was like, he did like geography at Oxford, but he just taught me some things about international relations in those two weeks that made me like very like angry. But like angry about the world and like, a, oh my goodness, I need to go and do something about like the world mm. kind of thing. Um, and I was like, right, Cambridge has this course. And Cambridge is the only university that has this course called Human, Social and Political Sciences. And it's basically, yeah, I do a bit of politics, a bit of sociology, a bit of international relations. And I was like, I don't even know what I want to do. My dad's telling me I should do law, but this course actually looks kind of cool. Yeah. So it was more for me, the course combined with, oh, it's a kind of cute kind of town, combined yeah. with, yeah. I now suddenly am obsessed with international relations. I want to do something about the world. <laughs> that all these things kind of came together and I was like, okay, now I want to do this. And I kind of had to tell my dad I wasn't going to do law, but I was like, look, if I try this, I might actually get in for this subject. And I just was like reading loads and like just watching lots of documentaries and just just getting really angry um and that passion i think was what fueled my application and eventually um yeah got it yeah. <laughs> kind of mad you remember mad. the day that you got in oh, oh yeah yeah 100 the day before lse rejected me okay so i was yeah i was a mess what, lse no, rejected no, me on the no friday nothing <laughs> nothing no. can you imagine not even an explanation or no, whatever apology. They tell you I mean, you don't get feedback. It's yeah. not. It's not like even like yeah. a jump thing. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> and I'd been waiting. And what LSE do is every like week on a Friday they'll be telling you like just to let you know like we're still considering your application, <laughs> considering your application, <laughs> considering your application. <laughs> and then one Friday, they um I got the UCAS notification. I was like LSE, and I was like mm. oh my goodness, I opened it and they said rejection. I was like you know what I'm gonna lose no. it. And because in my head I thought. I was like, I tried my hardest for Cambridge, but Cambridge was the dream. Yeah. LSE was like something that I felt yeah. was feasibly, like yeah. I could get into LSE. So when LSE rejects me, I was like, if I can't even get LSE, how am I getting Cambridge? Uh, um, and I just went to my room and I cried. I locked myself in my room and I cried. And then the next morning, went to get the post. I was at boarding tour. So I head of sixth form, she sat in the reception. She pulled out the whole post bag of the whole school yeah. on the floor to help everyone get their like Oxford <laughs> offers if they got them. And I went and she sat on the floor. She's like, oh, we can't find your letter. I was like, what do you mean you can't find my letter? <laughs> <laughs> and then ends up like, she found a letter. I Googled the college I applied to, their crest. And there was an envelope that had the crest of my college on it. So I was like, this isn't just to me, it's just my headmistress, but... Let's call my headmistress. Let's open this thing. She says we can open it. Opens it. My head of sixth form is reading this thing for a good 10 seconds and she hasn't said anything. She's just reading. I'm like, are you going to say something? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you got in. And uh, I, I just screamed. Uh, I like uh, jumped on my friend. It was great. It was great. And it was just a nice like, like at the end of the rate, like, yeah. like, like at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, I was sad about LSE, but then I ended up being happy because I just didn't know like, what else was in store? Every yeah. cloud has a silver lining. That's it. Ooh. That's the one. So um, it was mad. I had a really mad week. 
I passed my driving test. <laughs> I still can't drive. <laughs> yeah. But that was like my third, my third, yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> so I passed my driving test. Sorry, wait. I, I did get an <laughs> offer. I did get an offer from LSE in that week as well. Can you imagine? Yeah, and then I got my offer from Cambridge. Mad. But I remember my mum, she was like hyperventilating, oh, yeah. like screaming. My dad dropped to his knees. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I love it. West uh, Africa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Started, like, I love it. Like, and if you meet my dad, he's the most chilled person. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it? Like, <laughs> So, so chilled out. And when he dropped yeah. his knees, he started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, but you know, I think from then, it was their, it was like their reaction that made me realise like, whoa, this is a big deal. Yeah. And also just how much it meant to them as well. And I think that that just meant so much to me. Um, but yeah, I'll never forget that week. That was yeah. a maddest week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that is like, that is dinner table talk as well. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. My dad had already told people I was yeah, going before say. I even got the offer. <laughs> he was telling, he had my cousin's wedding. I couldn't go to my cousin's wedding because I had the interview. So here's my dad, not knowing I was doing the interview. Yeah. yeah. Meaning, interview doesn't guarantee anything, by the way. Just because you get to interview stage, my dad is at the wedding at the same time being like, oh, my daughter is in Cambridge. She's in Cambridge because she's she's going to Cambridge, and I'm like, Dad, <laughs> you need to stop. They haven't even. They literally haven't even given me the offer yet. How are you telling people already? I'm going to Cambridge. Like, I, I might not be. Um, so he was very confident. I think that's my dad's way of showing that he's proud. Right? He believed from the jump that I could get in, mm. um, even mm. when I didn't. And to the extent that he was telling people, I mean, it's a risky one, yeah. telling yeah. people I'm getting in before I've yeah. even got the offer. But mm. that was, he just, yeah. I feel put it out there. Yeah. It's one of those things, I swear, when yeah. you put things out there, they happen. Yeah. What do people say? Speak it into existence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, some people are different, man. Yeah. Some people, they believe in the bad eyes, man. That's yeah. what they think, <laughs> it? They think yeah. it's going to get, you get me? Yeah, it's yeah. true. I think you have to speak it into existence yeah. as well. Mm. It's mad because that was at the start of the journey, innit? Not the start of the journey. Obviously, you had your journey up to there, but that yeah. was at the start of your uni journey. Yeah. So then, obviously, you cast done now, everything accepted, student loans gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you lot get to uni now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because obviously, was... everything sounded mad positive. Yeah. Oh, like. oh, you know what I'm saying? I like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Freshers' week happened. I miss Freshers' week because I was frying plantain and I burnt myself. Oh. Like, I spilled the whole pan of oil down my thighs. Oh. What? So has, yeah. It was so mad. That's how your thing started. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. So you I didn't was have a freshers' plantain week. to the people. <laughs> <laughs> you was the bridge between banana and plantain, yeah. <laughs> And, and but I'd, I'd met Chelsea the week before, yeah, so we before. had we were like texting, like had How did plans you meet? at a careers event. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like it was a careers yeah. event for like black students. Yeah. Okay. And Chelsea and I were leaving. Oh, we're both going to Cambridge. Like let's keep in touch. So we had made plans for freshman week. Like, okay, like we're gonna meet up. I don't really know what they want us to do, but like don't worry, we'll meet up. Mm. Only for freshman week to come. Literally four days for freshman week. This whole accident happens. I'm in hospital. So I'm texting Chelsea. I'm like, so yeah, really bad. sorry. I'm not actually gonna make um, freshman week. So oh. I was like in bed and like couldn't go. But apparently, I didn't miss much. No, like, we no, talked about no, it in the no, book. No, 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 we no. interviewed everyone. That's everyone in the book was like, Freshly was dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. But you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, the guys in Fresh, oh. Freshers Week are the most eager people. They're a bit excited. Yeah. Nah, listen, I was pumped. You get me? Yeah. Like, I was, you get me? Yeah. I was in a relationship for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went Goldsmiths, innit? I went to Goldsmiths mm. and my freshers was terrible and these times I was doing music so I was doing shows yeah. okay, so I'm yeah. going to the, the rave and it's just like 
wow. Yeah. We're in a hall. Yeah. Yeah. Top of yeah. And there's like cider. Yeah. And stuff. Anyway. So Freshers yeah. Week Freshers. is over. Yes. You've had all the excitement from Freshers Week. What's next? Yeah. It came with yeah. uh, I think, oh, I don't know. I think for us, it was just then we just got chucked in the deep end. Yeah, settling yeah. into your And course, yeah, kind of settling into everything. But then just all, like everything that came with that. Yeah. So again, in taking up space, like we talk a lot about the curriculum. And I think for me, especially, that was the kind of like my first interaction with just how not diverse Cambridge was. Yeah. Um, so in history, it was compulsory that we had to do British history and European history in our first year. Mm. And there was one paper called World History. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can imagine where literally, yeah, they just put the rest of the world on this one paper. Okay. Um, and I think from then it was like understanding how like academics would have this really kind of detailed knowledge of like British history mm. kind of broken down into every single like century every single mm. part and then when it came to like world history or african history no silence yeah. <laughs> that's mad do you know so there wasn't much and i think from that i kind of realized like wow there's something like deep rooted and very institutional about how this has managed to continue and yeah. it's just not changing yeah. um yeah. so i think from then which is sad like like you were saying before yeah. you just want to go to uni learn have a good time uh. and leave like <laughs> okay. get, yeah. get your degree and yeah. go but you almost feel like a sense of duty to at least try and change something so another student doesn't have to feel mm. the yeah. same way you felt when yeah. you saw that curriculum and was like, what is this? So there's one paper on world history. That's one paper it. on world history. How, 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 how many years was you there? Three years? Yeah, three years. So yeah, the way it worked was that um, in first year, you've got about 30 papers to choose from. Yeah. And so yeah, bearing in mind, there was one paper that was on world history. There was a few on America and yeah. then loads on kind of European and British history. In second year, you repeat that first year, the papers that you did in that first year. Yeah. Um, but then you add, they add on like a couple more papers. Okay. So in second year, I then obviously branched out, did a few American papers. And then it took until third year where things kind of get a lot more specialist. And so that's when I did like a paper on the history of Africa. Okay. Um, yeah. I did like a research project on like the Gold Coast. That's like your um, thesis. Yeah. yeah, like all of, so kind of, I just had to take it upon myself to, you know, yeah, go into this environment navigate. and try and do yeah. things that I enjoyed or at least I found interesting. And I think that's why I just did so well in my final year because, mm. like, I actually enjoyed what I was studying yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of had an understanding of it. And when it came to reading and doing work, I was interested. It wasn't mm. like, oh, I'm reading this stuff and this just doesn't... I just don't relate at all, which is so sad. Mm. And I think just on that, the whole, like, you had to take it upon yourself yeah. Yeah. to go and do all this research exactly. or do this. Like, um, and, like, we talk about this in Taking Up Space, the whole idea that, like, if black students want to see themselves represented, they have to be the ones to go and do the extra hard work. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, it's a risky game. Like, yes, you did well, but, yeah, like, there's but... lots of people who wrote dissertations on things like um, Solange and, like, um, talking about, like, slavery in the Caribbean and, like, its legacies and all these kinds mm -hmm. of stuff who... Their papers come back and they're like, you know what, I know I deserved a better mark than that. But you, one, on the one hand, will not be uh, unlikely to be as well supported if yeah. you're you're the one who's going outside of your curriculum to go mm. and look for all this stuff and yeah. put it on there. Yeah. Um, also, you don't know who's marking your paper. Yeah, if your paper's being marked by someone who doesn't even think that yeah. this thing should be on your curriculum, that this thing is even worthy of any yeah, academic critique, yeah. then of course your grade's going to suffer. So it's yeah, always sure. a risky one. Like you want to, you want to yeah, let me take my degree into my own hands and let me enjoy this and blah, blah, blah. Like, let me... I used to try and put, like, examples about Kwame Nkrumah and about, like, um, 
like Mobutu and all these stuff like to try and get people yeah. to talk mm. about African leaders and things. But it's at your own risk a lot of the time because, yeah, yeah you don't know how they're going to take it. And your paper stands out. Obviously, they say it's anonymous, but like, your paper's going to stand yeah, out when you start writing yeah. that black, kind of blackety black yeah. kind of dissertation oh, sure. to submit. Yeah. Like, they're going to know who you are. Like, yeah. if the racists want to come for you, they will. So it's just, I don't know, it's difficult. And I think the reason why, like, taking up space, like, we hope, like, makes people realise what that lack of representation in the curriculum does for us and, like, how we see ourselves. If you keep telling us from even the national curriculum before we get to uni that, yeah, we do, you don't have to study black people. Like, it's optional. Like, it's not that deep. You can literally get through your whole academic career without yeah. studying black people in, in any kind of yeah. capacity. Which is, crazy. Which is yeah. so mad. Yeah. Um, and I just, it really kind of affects how we see ourselves and what we consider worthy of academic yeah. critique, whether or not we pursue academia in the future. Yeah. Um, and understanding yeah. what those implications have for us as students is just so important. And, yeah, unfortunate. But, yeah. You talk a little bit in the book about, um, I guess, microaggressions and black women being stereotyped as mm. these like angry aggressive mm. women talk to us about that was it more did it feel like more it was more concentrated yeah i think Cambridge? yeah in the university environment definitely i think i don't know for me i like to think i'm a nice person yeah <laughs> I, I think you are over polite but this is the <laughs> thing sometimes i'm over over polite and yeah. then i go into this environment and I try and be extra nice because I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. I don't. I just basically don't like trouble. You don't want no drama. I don't want yeah. no drama. Yeah. Yeah. Or like confrontation. Like I hate all of that. Yeah. But I think, yeah, sometimes that does come at the expense of like your mental health, which I think that's where you need to kind of draw a yes, line under yeah. it. Um, so yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, people kind of touching your hair, things like that. Yeah. But I think just aside from that and just being in that environment and feeling like you constantly have to defend yourself. Yeah. Um, or mm. you... Like, for example, with me, I hate pubs. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like, but hear me out, I feel like I feel like I could get put into a situation where I'm in the pub, let's say I'm with all of these Cambridge people, they get too drunk, someone says something, and then it's cut. Yeah. Because yeah. what, cause yeah. how do I defend myself? Like, uh. I'm usually the only one there. Like, things like that. Yeah. So I always kind of get nervous in certain situations to think, oh, this could get really awkward really fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think in terms of microaggressions, there's something about the university environment that we we don't talk about it enough and mm. how yeah. just one thing or lots of little things across your degree can really chip away at like your confidence, your identity, um, and yeah, your mental health in general as well. 100%. Yeah, and I, the whole like, because you don't want people to ascribe that label mm. of like angry and aggressive onto you, then makes you retreat. And sometimes yeah. when your anger is actually justified, you then don't say anything because exactly. you don't want to live up to the yeah. stereotype. Um, so yeah, like I, I always give the example of like when people I lived with asked to touch and smell my hair and I let them because I was like, oh, now isn't the time for me to start doing the whole like telling you guys why this is racist and like going into this because let me just be polite and leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to be, I don't want to be this awkward, like, oh, you're always yeah. talking about race, you're always this, blah, 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 blah. Till like a few weeks ago when someone, I went back to Cambridge and someone tried to touch my hair and I was like, no, because I'm allowed to be annoyed at that kind of thing. Like, but because we're so, you don't want anyone to put these tropes on you to the extent that sometimes it comes at the expense of justified anger. Mm. Um, It's like, nah, sometimes, like, if not, you'll just end up staying silent on things that you should be speaking up about. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's not every time polite. Sometimes, like, your anger is justified. Mm. But it's the thing about not making other people feel uncomfortable as well. Yeah. Even 
though, you know, whatever they've done to you, whatever they've said has made you feel so uncomfortable. It's sad that we still have to think about kind of their comfort, comfortability yeah. and like yeah. how they feel because you don't want to come across in a certain way. Yeah, like Aura said, Well, it's, it's because you also know that it's that their ignorance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah They come exactly. from a place like they might have not been exposed to this certain thing. Exactly. Before, so that's why they're, they're moving in this type of way. Yeah. It's, it's mad. Like everything, everything we're talking about is making me think about so many things. I was mm. lucky. Like when I, when I was going to school, yeah, one of my head of years, she was, um, she's a black lady. Mm. She's in the Commonwealth Games. Oh like she's like she did shop put. <laughs> like she was proper. Jeez. Like she was just a G. Yeah. And she changed our whole curriculum history. We did like South Africa, we did all of them. Ah, like, you know what I mean? But it was because like of her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, she's called Miss Andrews, Sharon Shout Andrews. I, yes. I still email her to this day. Uh, <laughs> I was in a thing yeah. called Black People Achievement in my school. So when we all did when we all did citizenship, everyone had to do citizenship mm. or what's it called? PSHE. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not actual <laughs> GCSE. I don't even know, I, I can't remember. It's not actual GCSE, but that's why. We didn't do that GCSE. Yeah, they yeah. just took all the black people mm. that were um, underachieving in their eyes and then made us do this thing called BPA. So we, we was literally in a group. Like, when everyone would go do citizenship and do nothing, yeah. everyone knew we was going to go do BPA. It was so mad. Mm. But it was good because yes, yeah. it gave us it gave us so many keys and it was only because of this lady. Like, yeah. So, okay. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen it in, like, the school process mm. how... Like and the and the teachers that were teaching me Black history were white teachers. Like yeah, they've been yeah, told, but yeah. because they were normal human beings, like they loved it. Like yeah. I I learned so much about South Africa and mm. America. Like yeah. everything that like, I learned it all in school. And it's like just talking about this now. Yeah, you're talking about Cambridge. It's just making me think like if if you have to go out of your way to do a different type of essay just for them to start thinking, well, we yeah. might have to start incorporating this. Yeah, exactly. It shows that it still has a long way to go. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Teachers, like, I'm so grateful that people have teachers like that because that's how we're hoping teachers will react to taking up space. Yeah, like, they'll see it as, like, a lot of this stuff is optional and it requires extra work from teachers mm. because the yeah, national it curriculum it makes does. it optional. Yeah. Um, but where can teachers be like, you know what? I actually have a duty to my students, especially my black students, to make yeah. sure that mm. they know about history other than just white people. Yeah. And also that when you do learn about black people, it's not just black people as subjects of white aggression. It's not every day just slavery and colonialism. Like, do you know that there were actually great black people who did great things? Um, we don't just want to be talking about yeah, exactly. um, every, like, black trauma and black suffering all the time. Like, there's so much more to black history than that. Um, but it requires teachers to go out of their way because our national curriculum needs work too. And it's just, mm. it's just, it's just a lot. Like, sometimes yeah. it can just feel like, where does, like, the battle even end? Like, yeah. But I hope that teachers read it and understand why it's important for teachers like yeah. the teacher you had to go that extra mile for black students. Because that was something that I wanted to ask um, you, Chelsea, was that in the British history curriculum, mm. was there how much incorporation of black British history was there? None That's at crazy. all. Yeah, I think there was one, there was one lecture... And I remember it so well because obviously, um, you know, she kind of incorporated it like purposely as well. She was like a very good lecturer um, where she kind of spoke about just minorities within Britain. So I guess she she basically had to. Mm. But the way she did it, like she went out of her way to do it. Um, but yeah, it just makes you realise. And I think even when we have this conversation about like black history and black British history, especially in terms of, you know, the history in this country, I personally feel like you can't even detach black people from that history mm. so the fact that we even have a history where we solely look at like you know white people 
yeah. is kind of is mad to me because black people are so in in like integrated and kind of core to mm. everything. So I mean, Ora always talks about it like industrialization and slavery and how that's become like the foundation of this country and like yeah. the way we understand history. Um, so yeah, like it's such a shame. Yeah. Because you'll see things and you'll recognise things and you think, okay, like, even I know where you could bring this in or, like, this author would be great yeah. here. But instead, they're just seen as add-ons mm, on the curriculum. Yeah. Or, like, if you chuck them extra in, like, you get option. extra points or, like, yeah. extra mm. options. Like, they're never seen as, like, core authors that everybody should know about. Yeah. Instead, they're like, yeah, like, on the side bits. So so what drove you two to carry on? Ooh. Oh. Oh. That's a good question. Um... <sighs> You have to, like, I think there's other people behind you. Like, I spent a lot of time at uni mentoring black girls. And I think by the time I was in second year, like, I'd hit, like, a massive low just in terms of my mental health. But I had to realise that these girls are actually looking up to me. Like, they're yeah. seeing me as, That's like, amazing. oh, my goodness, if she can do it, I can do it. And what, I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Like, that, I think, kept me going a lot. I mean, apart from obviously just kind of finishing and making my parents proud and stuff, I think for me it was very much like we have to do this for the people who are going to come after us and who will benefit from knowing that we've gone before them. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, my mentees, I always say, are like my biggest inspiration. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think also the people who came before us as well. Like, that's, yeah. that's super important. Kind of understanding where Aura and I kind of fit within that you know, path. Um, so yeah, just kind of doing our bit and hopefully, like I said, you, you know, taking up space will like contribute to that conversation and something that, I mean, this is essentially an endless battle, which sounds really sad, but, you know, it's reality. Yeah, I mean... I think you yeah. lot have broken it down though. Like even just in mm. this conversation, this this little bit of convo that we've had, how many barriers have you lot told us that there is like just subconsciously there's so many barriers that yeah. you have to go through yeah that your average like person that's born in England doesn't really have to go through yeah. just to just to become successful yeah. don't get it twisted there's so many ups and downs in everyone's life that they have to go through but there's barriers that I think that black women and black men and yeah. and just I just think people of colour in this country just mm-hmm. have to go through yeah like Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Purely because of where they're from and what country their their parents were born in, it's mad. Mm. It's mad, but at the same time, like it's one of them ones where I feel like, like I don't want to make it super negative, and <laughs> I think that it's positive yeah. that that 
we're in a time where this is a conversation. And yeah, you've got, exactly. You guys yeah. are putting books about it out with yeah. like out with storms, like storms. Like it's not mm. like like it's mad. Like yeah, it's crazy. Like crazy. when Dizzy Rascal mm. was big in two thousand and five, and like he was doing his thing. <laughs> don't get it twisted. But yeah. like that wasn't really part of the convo. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? And now it's two thousand nineteen, where things are like really getting mm. like light. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think we're in a time where social media is so massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. these kind of things are gonna change, change people's convos about things because now people know. Exactly. You know what? I should know better. I think before people's excuses that they didn't know better. Yeah, yep. like they weren't mm. exposed to it. Now, yep. like you ain't got an excuse, my brother. It's like, and I think that that's the thing. It's extremely um, inspiring to be in a room with you guys because it's like one of those things 100%. that you're like, thank you, thank you, <laughs> Michelle Obama. You're gonna have to watch. Break it down, yeah. Yeah. Who, who storms? Who storms his biggest following? Obviously, it's people in London and stuff, yeah. but it's yeah. across the UK. He's an international artist, but he has a lot of UK fan base, mm-hmm. like who are who are exactly. who are white yeah. people, yeah. white yeah. kids. Yeah. I make grime in it, and a lot yeah. of people that come to grime raves yeah. are white kids. He he's gone double platinum in 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 yeah. Northern Ireland, Ireland, yeah, oh, yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. And Ireland. So like, it's like it's one of them. Like, if you think about all the people that listen to his music, that he he he's diverted. All of that, like, yo, exactly. okay, I'm doing this. Mm. In the middle of his album campaign and all these big things that he's doing, he's, yeah. he, he's doing this as well. So it just shows how important it is. 100%. So if someone at the top, top level of the music game yeah. is 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 focused on doing stuff like yeah. that, a lot of man needs to start thinking about what's what's mm. my process? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. am I helping? How am I helping my people? How am I yeah. how am I giving back? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I think it is, like, giving back, but also giving back, like we said before, authentically so I think that feels like right and true and in your exactly. gut exactly yeah. yeah not just for the sake of it exactly um, I want to go back onto positive talk <laughs> because yes. we were talking about positive talk earlier and I feel positive um, <laughs> so I want to know what was that moment that you felt like I have confidence now you're at Cambridge oh. and you were like okay I'm going to I'm just going to do this I've got confidence that is a really good question um I think in third year. Okay. Again. And I think for me, like, I had a really bad second year just in terms of, like, mental health and stuff. I, I hated it so much. So I promised myself after I, I got back from that summer, I'm just going to relax and actually, you know, understand why I'm at Cambridge to learn, to just have a good time and it's my final year. Um, but, yeah, I think from there and obviously we're, we have tutors and supervisors and in that year I had, like, a really good group of you know lecturers and supervisors who essentially just kind of focused on me and like making me a better person and you know just kind of honing in my skills and everything like that and I think that really did give me confidence in that Mm. oh I'm actually quite good at this like I can I can go out there I can be confident and my voice is valid as well and I think Mm. that was really important in terms of having someone or like people to be able to you know tell you that Um, especially when you're in that environment as well and every day you're questioning whether, oh, exactly. am I smart enough? Do yeah, I like exactly. belong? Uh, should I be here? Like, and you're, I'm in my final year, and I'm still asking the question: Should I be yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Which is really sad. Um, but yeah, for me, that, that was when I had confidence. I thought, yeah, I'll, I can leave this place and at least say I had a really good academic experience, and I'm just excited to just have conversations and you know talk to people about the things that I've learned. And when people ask about your university experience now, and you're like, oh, I just yeah. went to Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I feel like people you don't just assume. Yeah, I feel yeah. like people assume that like as soon as you say it, 
oh my god yeah she's so smart or you get the opposite where people think oh like she doesn't understand anything like <laughs> we got one oh, I'm gonna say this we got oh. one review the other day about the book everything has been super positive yeah. like very very positive yeah everyone we got me. one one review that was like this is unrealistic you should try growing up on a council estate I was like I did <laughs> um, <laughs> where did we go from here yeah And I think that's what it is. Like as soon as people see Cambridge, they just see you as like completely detached from reality and you you don't understand certain things. And I talk about this. It was interesting for me in that I obviously went to like a very white middle class university, but I'd be coming home every eight weeks to a very working class Mm. black Mm. family. So it's like that in between and kind of switching all the time, which is tiring. Um, but I can never forget where I came from. Like, never. Even if I wanted to run away from it, like, yeah. it would be absolutely <clears throat> impossible. Um, but yeah, I think the confidence to just be able to talk about these issues yeah. confidently and understand that, mm. yeah, like, I have my own voice now. No, I <laughs> I don't know if there was any one moment for me. Like, I've been trying to think as Chelsea's mm. answering, but I think it's a process. Mm. Like, there are days where I really feel like, you know, I've got this. Like, I'm going to go into this room today and like, I've got this. But there are other days and other supervisions and even like within like Cambridge, there were certain subjects where I felt like, you know what, in this paper, I can really bring my full self. Like I can go to the supervision. I know we can have a full like candid kind of conversation about this essay and about this topic and I'm going to feel good. And there were others where it was like, I know that I'm going to try and explain to this guy why the only like the only people who are relevant to this are not just white people. And I'm going to try really hard to show how my examples work. But sometimes it's just, it's hard. Mm. And that can just be like, cause like another like lapse in your confidence. Even like you, what we got this like book deal and it's like, it's great. Yeah. Um, but even writing, it's like, oh my God, are you sh- like, are we really like the ones who should yeah. be writing this? I'll be really good enough to be writing this. And it's, it's just an ongoing like battle. I feel like, like, I, I can never just say there was like a moment where I feel like I found that confidence because it's just, it's still ongoing. Like we're going into like the like world of work now and it's like beyond uni and even mm. still like that kind of imposter syndrome and that kind of like, oh, like I know I want to do journalism, but like, am I really good enough? Even though I've just gone and got a whole master's in journalism <laughs> and it's like, why am I still <laughs> questioning and mm. having all these like questions about like, like why am I letting all this self-doubt seep in? So I don't feel like there was any one moment. I think it was an ongoing process. And yeah, I think the only thing I can tell people is like, there will be some days where you really feel good, but there's some days where you're really still going to feel like you just don't have the confidence yeah. to do it. And it's, it's hard. It's an ongoing one. Do you think that self-doubt is linked to being a woman? I think it's linked to being black and a woman, yeah. 100%. Um, especially when you're going into, again, spaces where there aren't many people who look like you. And we can talk about Cambridge, but we can also talk about journalism. Like, if I do yeah. want to go into the media, a lot of people in the media are white and it's very much an old boys club. Um, yeah. And so it's unsurprising that those same feelings of imposter syndrome are, like, sinking in again. Um, but, yeah, I try and do things, like, unapologetically. And I try and, like, I really try and, like, not apologise for being in places where I've, like, deserved my place. But it can be hard. It can be hard. But yeah, I think definitely being a woman, being black definitely permeates mm. how I see myself in these spaces as it does for most people, I think. Yeah. So um, you brought an item with you today. Yes, what yes, yes. Obviously, Aww. we brought our book. Taking up space. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Girls Manifesto for Change. Yes. 
um, our baby, our heart and soul has gone into this <laughs> over the past months, over the past year now, basically. Um, and I just, it's so weird to be like actually presenting the book to the world, I yeah. feel like. Like we've been sitting on it for so long that it's like, oh my God, it's finally out. And I think, Obviously, it's great that like lots of people are buying to support, but I just hope that people actually read it. Like, there's so much. It's also funny. Mm. Like, not all of it is the just super heavy. No. Like, <laughs> Chelsea is really funny. I'm not funny, but Chelsea is actually hilarious. It's actually really hard to be funny on paper. Because I was reading yeah. this, and I was like, okay, I might be the only one who <laughs> finds this yeah. funny. It is. But yeah, I, I can confirm you're yeah. funny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there's. I just think it's a real, like, it's a real emotional roller coaster of a yeah. book. Yeah. Um, and you go from even writing, like the the writing process was like. Mm. You have to relive it as much as possible so that you can vocalize these feelings for everyone who's reading. And you have to relive, like, how was I actually feeling in that moment yeah. when, like, I had to make this speech about this bronze, Benin bronze, and, like, I started crying? Or, like, how did I feel in this moment? On the other hand, when, like, I had this great time with my friends when we were eating jollof rice in my house and it was all, like, so great and we were just bonding and, like, just chilling. Like, yeah. you have to recreate all these moments. Um, so it's kind of again an emotional an emotional roller coaster for us writing, but also reading. I think that comes through as well. Like sometimes it's like super happy stuff, and sometimes it's just really just depressing stuff. Yeah, like real stuff. But like, yeah. yeah. What do you hope people take from it? Oh, depends who you are. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a yeah. It does depend on who you are, but I think for everyone, just to just to listen. Mm. I think for so long we've always had like quite a defensive you know, response to things like this, as soon as you hear, like, race or black, people want to bring in all different types of stuff, um, <laughs> like, anything to deflect. Nobody ever wants to listen. Mm. And just to kind of hear what you have to say, and I think mm. that's really important, and that's the only way we can kind of, you know, move move forward and progress. Um, but, yeah, I think for, for young black women, yeah. um, you know, everything we talk about in the book, like, if you're going through the same experience or you you know, find yourself in a similar position, just understand that we also went through it. And, yeah. you know, your feelings are valid and, like, use this book as a guide, essentially, as, you know, as an empowerment tool. But, yeah, I think for everyone else, just to understand the ways in which you can do better. And, you know, again, there is, like, no excuse to be ignorant now. Like, mm. you have these tools. There are so many resources. Like, read up and, you know, understand these issues because they're not just... These are essentially real people. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, we are real people. It's mm. not... We're talking about, you know, these issues and we're sitting here and this is what we have to go through on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Taking up space is like the name of the first the first book. Oh. What's the name of the second book? Oh, my God. You know, we talk about this a lot because everyone's like, what's next? What's next? Um, first, I need a job. Um, <laughs> let's start from that premise. Hi, um, <laughs> um, No, I don't know. This book came to us not easily, but naturally yeah. Yeah. because these are conversations that we've been having for so long and they're things that we're very passionate about. And we want this book to be like a mentor that some people don't have and we've been mentoring. So it, it came to us naturally. Whereas now I was like, what are you writing next? And I'm like, you don't want to force it because you don't want to lose like all the authenticity. Um, and I can't, Maybe it's just because I'm in just like full taking up space mode at the moment, but there's not much I can think about that I am just as passionate about, just as crazy about that I would 
be willing to write about or like this naturally. Love and it. it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should, guys should write a book called Shaking Up the Space. Ooh. I feel like that's, yeah. You know, like that, that, that name right has now. come yeah. up. That name's yeah. come up because, yeah. you know, we oh, might be doing strange. some stuff, some stuff yeah. with that name. Okay, so it's, really, um, it's, it's really in good. my head. It's okay. in my head. We're working on it. It's not name. I think thinking like. Because we were talking the other day about, obviously, we had a meeting before this. Um, and we were just talking about um, Bane and oh, your yeah. views on Bane. We talk oh, about that loads yeah. in the book. Go on, you talk um, about Yeah, I, it comes up in the last chapter. Um, I have issues with the term Bane yeah. um, mm. because in many ways, um, people of colour solidarity can be very important for a lot of things. But a lot of the times when it's overused, it conflates the issues that people who are of different ethnic minorities face. Mm. And that is at a cost to us because if there are issues that black people face uniquely that the rest of the BAME community don't face, they get brushed over because it's always BAME and then everyone else. But also because it makes it look like the only people that we have to work with to fight racism is white people, which isn't true. Um, yeah, like we, we talk yeah. a bit about um, racism, for example, um, anti-blackness in Arab communities, for mm -hmm. example, in the book. Um, and just how... If we keep saying BAME and just act like, oh, yeah, well, if we throw BAME and BME over there and then everyone white over here, then we can just get one or two BAME people and then it's done. Yeah. We com we ignore a lot of these issues. Um, I think like lots of doctors, for example, who graduated in last year are BME. And I'm like, that's great. But if all the BME representation there is just Asian doctors, then just saying, oh, BME doctors, it sounds good on the surface. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we've got lots and lots of BME doctors. How many of them are black, though? And it's like when we, when we need to have those conversations, mm. everyone's like, oh no, but BME. So mm. it's just about saying that, like, if we keep using the term and we overuse it, we conflate these issues at our expense. Um, and even when we're writing this book, it's like, oh, should we make it like a women of color kind of thing? It's like, no, you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> we're allowed to be like, it's, it's for black women. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's about black women. And we're allowed to say that sometimes because there are certain issues that affect us that don't affect the rest of mm. the BME community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have do you have any feelings towards it? So yeah, to be honest, I'm exactly the same. I think we just need to be careful these days about kind of simplifying conversations. Mm. Um, and I think that's what's happening, especially with like you've got social media and like a lot of bite-sized information. And yeah, I think people are just kind of leaning towards the more just generalizing and I think especially for like big corporations and big institutions, mm -hmm. they just want to look like they're doing something. Mm -hmm. And even if that something like isn't specific or targeted, like it's enough to be like, yeah. Tick to books. Tick to yes. And BAME and this and yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I just think we need to be careful. Like when we have these conversations, like let's just give them the time that they deserve. Yeah. Um, but Ore's right about, you know, conflating issues. Um, yeah, we need to be, we need to be on that and careful about that. Do you have a question? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> Has like anyone that. from your uni hit you up? Like, anyone that was in your class and like, that's read the book? Well, not on a, not on a, like, oh my God, like on an orca thing, like, what? Oh. <laughs> oh. It's going to come, though. Oh, it's yeah, it's going to come. Because I feel like... Well, maybe the... even on a low, maybe not as bait as that, like, they're DMing, like, are you talking about me and your book, yeah? <laughs> not like that, but, like, you get me. There's oh. one of my friends, and he read the book, like, early. He read the proof. Um, yeah, he read it like early because I wanted him to, I really value his opinion and I wanted him to help. And he was concerned because I've literally called out one of his <laughs> friends, like 
pretty blatantly like his friend is gonna read it and be like wow yeah. <laughs> um i was like he was like oh no are you sure like you want to do that and i'm like yeah actually yeah. because the point that i'm trying to make about that exact situation is important and everyone's gonna learn from it i don't call him out by name or anything like it's yeah. not about who the person yeah. is but i know i know he hasn't read it yet because i know if he has read it yet, i'll be hearing through the grapevine what he's saying about it mm. um but you know what if you're offended by it then you probably need to read it like it's a sign. If if you're if something there is making you feel pressed, then you you're probably reading the right book, and it's okay. Um, but Can yeah, you no. Tell us the story. Yeah, um, someone wrote a rap. Okay. About. No, we weren't. About how he's back and he's at Cambridge and actually he's having a great time and that we're just talking about how much we're struggling at Cambridge because the papers are using us to make money and you know he's having a good time look at him he's got white friends and he's having a good time and you know when he goes home he gets stopped by the police too but look at him he comes you know it's just like there's so much going on here there was Um, a lot to unpack there was a lot to unpack unpack. (laughs) but the 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 the, the sub about um he was it was it felt very much like an attack when he was like oh you're just going to make let the papers make money off of you and your opinion it was very much like no actually we say these things because we have to have honest conversations about what our experience is like and also just because you as one black person as one black man has had an okay experience don't invalidate the people who have had experiences that haven't been nearly as positive um and it's about saying that instead how could he have used his position and his voice and his privilege his relative male privilege in that space to help us, mm. to help us in ACS, to help us with our access schemes, to help us with our mentoring schemes. Since you're having such a great time, all right, then come and help us. Then where have you been? <laughs> and it was just about like, just a, a, it was a conversation about how, again, we can make sure that black men, even though like they're kind of, they easy, more easily fit into this whole cool thing. Like, of course, you can be the cool black guy in the yeah. friend group. Of course, you're not going to have issue making white friends because you're that cool black guy in that group. Of course, all the white girls are going to fancy you because they think they're going to come to uni and they're dating their black boy for the first time and mm. you're even a rapper on top. Of course, they're going <laughs> to love it. Like, the whole, like, acknowledge that there's a privilege that comes with being a black man in this space yeah. and you have an access to cool that we don't have as black women. Acknowledge that and that privilege. Use it to help us, not rap about how we're trying rubbish because we're not mm. so that calling out was necessary so I like put that in there to like not to call him out specifically but just so that everyone sees that and understands why that's not on how can you do a um, rap like that that's like <laughs> selling your soul do you know what's annoying is the rap got bare views is like it? lots yeah. of people shared well, it and was like yes can I see this rap <laughs> oh, 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 I need to see it answer. <laughs> not, I'm not trying to call out my man but <laughs> you sold your soul brother <laughs> He signed it. He signed I mean, it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to spit some bars, yeah. man. About I'm going to talk about it, man. She should get Stormzy on it. And just, uh, yeah, no. Oh, Stormzy were dying with yeah. two You were two. Oh, like that's, that's that is so funny. I can't believe that. He's like, yeah, I'm loving it here, man. This is sick. Why are you hating on my thing? Come here, my brethren are getting in. Literally. <laughs> You don't need to stop. You're trying to get money from the papers. <laughs> Literally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did it in rap form. Wow. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay. Yeah, we're all good that, now. I want to talk about community. How did you guys find a sense of community? And did you even find a sense of community? Yeah, I think yeah. for us, community mainly came through ACS. So African Caribbean Society. And I always talk about it. It was quite funny because... My sister asked me before I was, you know, going to apply, 
or basically go to university, she was like, oh, you're going to join the African Caribbean Society. I was like, mm, nah. Like, I don't know. For me, I really wanted to go to uni and just meet everyone, like yeah. make loads of friends. Like I realised that that was going to be one of the only environments where everyone is new. You'll probably meet loads of international people, like get the opportunity to like learn about loads of different cultures and things like that. Um, but yeah, then I got there yeah. <laughs> and realised that like I actually needed African Caribbean society. Um, but community was nicer. And I think for us at Cambridge, it there was basically none of us. Mm. So we all knew each other quite well, which was nice in that, yeah, it was just really close and tight knit, yeah. which worked well. I think also I just made great friends. Yeah. Like, I literally was talking to one of my friends from uni the other day and what you miss so much, like when you graduate is less like, oh, you. I miss my degree like a little bit. But like, <laughs> really, I just miss like, all your friends could just come round and you'll be up late and you'll just be eating and talking and chilling. And like that, like we cried together, we vibed together. Like that sense of community was so important. I made great friends in that time that I just, mostly from ACS, but like a lot of times from other, like other kind of groups and societies and places too. But it was so important. I miss it so much because now we're like all over the country or like the world and we don't see each other nearly as often. And I don't know. I just miss those days and you like, we would just talk about nonsense for hours. And it's like 2 a.m. You're still talking. You're still eating. Like, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I really, really, really miss that. But like, Now you're yeah. authors. Now you're taking over the world. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Everyone yeah. thinks we're brand new. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trust me, I'm really not. We're I'm really tired. Not. I'm tired, man. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are killing it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You on and, Good yeah. to meet you. Yeah, it's been mad. I feel like you need like some kind of round of applause. All right, make sure you go get the book, you know. Taking up space, the Black Girls Manifest for Change is out in all good bookstores. Make sure that's taking up space in your hand. Oh, I think it's twelve ninety nine. Yes, that's calm, man. That's a Nando's. Yeah. Yes. See. See, one Nando's, one Nando's, pure knowledge. You might as well have a Nando's and read the book. Yeah. And you can get audio book card. You say, man, yeah. the best reader. We narrated the audio books if you like our little. Now, I can listen to you lot too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay. You know come. Yay. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I yes. feel like peace now. Yeah. <laughs> like you can go away. Yo, we saying it's Big Zoo. And this is Fan. I thank you, Chelsea and Ori, for coming true. This is Spoke. You get me? Purely beautiful. <laughs> Boom. Hey guys, if you're loving the podcast and want to support the cause, make sure to rate and review us. Make sure you tell your friends and follow us on Insta and Twitter at, at This Is Spoke Pod. Pod. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. 
Plan your own music-filled trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.